You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest had a life-changing event happen on September 11, 2001. Steve Plectorius was scheduled to board a United Airlines flight that day. Flight 93 from New York to San Francisco. That plane was taken down by hijackers with 44 passengers and crew on board in Pennsylvania. It was a simple head cold that kept Steve off that flight that day. So, Steve, tell us about that day. Welcome to the show. How are you? Anthony, I'm very, very well. Thank you. And thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's our Love pleasure. Lovely to be here. Yeah, look, it was a seminal day for me. Um, well, a seminal day for me, I should say. It was a seminal day for, I think, um, the, the, the world, really. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, and notwithstanding my American background, um, I, I, I believe it was a day that shifted uh, worldviews, not just U.S. views or American views. Um, I was in New York City, um, having gone to Canada uh, previously with um, with Gatorade to race the Ironman in Canada with my dear friend David Knight. And uh, after the Ironman, we went into New York City to spend the weekend. And after the weekend, I was going to catch up with my family. And um, between the traveling and the Ironman, as you mentioned in the introduction, I picked up a pretty nasty head cold. And... Um, spent the better part of the morning on Monday um, talking to United Airlines to to change my flight. And um, unbeknownst to me, uh, you know, what was going to happen the next day. Yeah. Um, and it took some time to change the flight um, because it was last minute and it was a corporate booking. And But I got a sympathetic, um, a sympathetic supervisor who switched the flight for me and um, one of the incredible realizations on that that I've had after that day was that, you know, I spent some time Monday morning changing that flight. And it's very likely that people spent time Monday morning booking that flight. Yeah. You know, how does that work? You know, and that was one of the, one of the big questions in my life. Yeah. It's one of the big questions that stayed with me for a long time um, after that day. So um, I, you know, I was there uh, in Midtown, and um, it was surreal. You know, it was just absolutely surreal. And uh, I didn't know at the time that that was the flight that I was on. I, there was other things that were happening. You know, I, 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 got on, I got out of the city as quickly as I could, and I got on a bus headed towards New Jersey, where my family was. And... Um, the site was incredible. You know, the New Jersey turnpike, which is four or five lanes in each direction. There was only traffic going one way and that's out away from the city. And there was just this steady stream of emergency vehicles and first responders going the other direction from, from Manhattan all the way through to Princeton, New Jersey, where I was headed. Um, there were just was no traffic eastbound on the New Jersey Turnpike, um, except first responders and emergency vehicles. And it was a surreal time. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, you know, I've never been in a war zone, um, and I don't know what that's like. Um, but I can only imagine that it would be something like that. And it was frightening. 
and you know get a look at this face i don't look like somebody who would frighten pretty easily <laughs> but uh, but i was i was scared shitless yeah um, that, that day i mean just, even just, even here in australia i mean i was watching it live on tv um and i i mean i just spoke to another guest recently on the show who was actually in the you know at the bottom of the towers when this all yeah, I heard yeah I listened to that podcast yeah, yeah. I listened to it yeah. she was am- amazing to speak to but I mean even with her um, I I said that we were here in Australia and I mean we felt the dread and this the fear I mean I really did mm. think that this was the end of the world I thought it was going to start happening mm. in Sydney and you know I was right in the city of Sydney and I thought oh my god yeah. all of a sudden it's going to happen here and I was literally just waiting yeah. for the time. It was such a bizarre and horrible time for everybody, I think. And you would be right to think that because, you know, who, if, if that could happen in New York City, why couldn't it happen anywhere else? And, and, and look, you know, fast forward, fast forward how all these years, it, you know, on smaller scales, it is happening in, yeah. in big cities everywhere, whether it's, you know, whether, you know, certainly not planes flying into buildings and 3,000 people losing their lives at a time, but who was it, you know, 1,000, 3,000, one mm. person. Exactly. It's just, you know, it's just still happening. So um, I managed to get out of the city and I, you know, m- was fortunate enough to watch all of this crumble from afar. And um, my business partner in Sydney at the time worked diligently to get me a Qantas flight um, out on the Thursday. Mm. Um, I went to the airport on the Thursday. I presented my ticket and I was shuttled into a quiet space um, because I still didn't get it. I still didn't recognize it. And at no point did I look at my ticket and see UA93. And I was shuttled into a private space and, 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 was asked if I was okay. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And that's when I realized that it was wow. UA 93, which was the flight that the passengers took down. Um, sorry. That's okay. I can understand. It would be very yeah, much. Sorry. Yeah. So um, I didn't get out of there. Uh, I don't think I got out of there until uh, Saturday or Sunday. I can't really remember. Um, and, uh, uh, came back to Sydney and just started asking myself, why me? You know, yeah. you know, why, why was I spared, I guess, for lack mm. of a better word, uh, or yeah. Why was I spared? Because I mean, I again, suppose if, that's a question that you would ask yourself. Is it that I was spared? Was it luck? Was it destiny? I mean, so many questions that you yeah, know, would be yeah. in your head. I mean, even Rebecca that I spoke to just recently on the other podcast, she went through a terrible time with, with guilt, survivor's guilt. Mm, yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, she's battled with that for many, many years. I can imagine. Well, especially given she was in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. She was a hell of a lot closer to it than I was. Um, but that was the question that I grappled with for a while. You know, why yeah. me? Why me? And, and again, it, that thing that I said about, the fact that I it, that I had to kind of argue with the airline to get off the flight, you know, I'm sick, mm-hmm. I'm coughing, I'm sneezing. I was like, can't you hear this? You know, and finally somebody said, yes, we get it. And surely somebody at the same time was saying, I've got to be in San Francisco yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And um, that person never made it to San Francisco. And I, uh, with, with, you know, the grace of the universe, or, or whoever's in charge because yeah. <laughs> it sure as hell ain't us. 
yeah. um, uh, you know, brought me home and, um, and, and set me up for uh, the, the next phases of my life, which have been even more extraordinary than the first phases of my life, which I thought were pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I hadn't, I hadn't seen anything yet. So, um, so do you I think was running that- an Sorry. Yeah, I know you were running an advertising agency. I, yeah, I, I was running an advertising agency. Yeah. And so I, which um, one was I, that? I, was that based in Sydney or was that? Yeah, yeah. It was called the the agency was called VCD, the Virtual Creative Department, and um, it was a, it was a it was B and T Advertising Agency of the Year in 1998. It was a, it was a, a great little creative shop. Um, George Betsis uh, and Simon Reynolds, uh, quite a quite a um, uh, two guys that were kind of legends especially Simon in the ad business I had the really good fortune to work with those boys and um, used to run more or less the business side of the of the agency and 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 I just woke up one morning you know maybe I think it was in mid-October about a month or so after this whole thing and I looked at myself in the mirror and said you know frankly I just don't give a shit if people drink Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi, I really don't care, you know, um, and, 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 and it wasn't, you know, and that's not a metaphor because we had the Diet Coke business at the time, you know, we, yeah. were, we were at this tiny little agency in Sydney and we were the only unaligned agency on the Coca-Cola business. Wow. And I just thought, I thought, nope, you know, I don't care. I really don't, you know, I've got all this God given talent and horsepower and I'm investing it all in making, helping people decide which diet drink to, or which sports yeah, which, drink. Or which side to drink. I don't care. <laughs> so I, visit, I, you know, I, I met with George, who is a dear friend, and has been and still is a dear friend. And I said, gee, I'm like, mate, I, I can't do this anymore. And he said, off you go. So I went off and launched a, uh, a foundation. I launched a charitable foundation um, with a, uh, an athlete, a, a wheelchair athlete called John McClain extraordinary story john mcclain um uh, probably the preeminent distance wheelchair athlete in the world from wow. the mid 90s to the late 90s early 90s to the late 90s and john had a small foundation um uh, based in penrith that he was that was all that was dedicated to um uh raising funds for children's wheelchair sports it was all dedicated to kids in chairs and sports it's amazing. And uh, I'm sitting at Hugo's. You might remember Hugo's. Yes, I know um, in, Hugo's in very well. Yeah, I, I bet you would have. <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're in Hugo's one night, David Knight, the guy I was in New York City with, and John McClain. And I was just, you know, having one of those nights after this event. And I said, boys, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. You know, what do I do with this? this chance with this experience mm. and uh, being the opportunist that John McClain is, he said, Oh, you're gonna, I know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to come and run my foundation for me. Oh, and I said, thing. I said, okay. And uh, dedicated the next year to launching John's foundation nationally, which we did through a, an event called kilometers for kids, which would have been in 2002 would have been uh, really would have been one of the first, long distance bike ride, you know, ride your bike and raise money for a charity event. You know, now you've got two of the cure. And yeah. There's all sorts of them. But the kilometers for kids was one of the very, very first uh, of those. And we, I think we raised about $600,000, oh, which wow. got John's foundation. 
Uh, and that foundation, which I was executive director of for quite some time and, um, and then advisor to John for quite some time, that foundation has raised just a little over $4 million over the years. And every one of those dollars goes to kids in wheelchairs. That's you incredible. Know, wheelchair sports, a new wheelchair. So, uh, you know, that was the, that was the first thing that I ended up doing after, um, after the nine 11 event. And, uh, uh, and it was very fulfilling. It was, you know, it was uh, it was a lot more fulfilling than helping than moving diet coke market share point oh two percent. I bet, I bet you. Um, I don't know if you have heard of Quentin Kenahan. No. So he was um he was a lovely gentleman. He only passed uh, last year, um, and he had a disability and was in a wheelchair for many like for most of his life. Um, he did an interview years ago on many of the TV shows, but Mike Willisey was a very close friend and did an interview, mm. etc. Um, and he actually, a lot of his life, he really worked at getting more things for people in wheelchairs. I mean, he was looking at the ramps that go down to beaches so they could go for a swim. But he was really working on a, um, a disability play park here in Adelaide. Um, and really wanted to build a park for children with disabilities who could basically go there and utilise it and have full function of it with whatever, whatever disability they may have. Well, he then passed, but the beauty of it is is that um, his family and the council and the government here helped to push that through and it's actually going to become a reality, which I think is just yeah. amazing because... Yeah, there's, there's something pretty special about those kinds of people, isn't there? Yeah, you know, definitely. I, I feel really, really fortunate to have had the opportunity to to help John visualize his dream mm. um, of having a national charity. And I and I and and in all fairness, uh, Anthony, I don't think I, I wouldn't have. I probably would not have done that. No, I know I wouldn't have done that if I didn't have the experience in New York City that I had on September 11th. It just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, I, I probably would have just, you know, I would Continue have moved on. from diet soda to toilet paper or something <laughs> like that, you know. Yeah, no, I you agree. You know, like, really? Yeah. You know, who give, you know, I mean, who gives a shit, you know, no pun oh, intended. It's so true. Know? It is so true. I mean, I remember many, many years ago, I was actually working for a promotional agency and they got me to work on the launch of tab clear <laughs> i don't know if right. you remember oh, tab. Now that yeah. dates you that yeah. dates you man. Oh, that yeah. really dates you <laughs> i wouldn't admit to that if i were you, <laughs> you know, we're talking fair we're talking farrah fawcett majors oh i know it was, uh, it was it was it was quite a while back um yeah, i mean they had the most amazing concept for the launch spent i would hate to think how much money on doing this national launch and as we all know, it ain't around. Anymore. No, no, it isn't. It didn't but, really but it go had a anywhere. good run, though. It yeah, did have it a good did. run for about a minute. About a yeah, minute. Yeah, about a minute. Yeah. About a minute. But yeah. I just look back and I think to myself, wow. I mean, it, the whole advertising game is such a, a, you know, a gamble, a roll of the dice. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, you know, in my, I spent a fair bit of time <coughs> in the agency, um, but, but I have to admit, I was probably never that great an ad man because mm. I'm just too blunt. I'm too honest. Yeah. I think you have to be, and there's a difference between marketing, marketing marketers and ad men. 
Yeah. You know, mark them, you know, you know, you have to be able to do the shuffle as an ad man. You've got to be able to shuffle and, and, and take something that you may or may not really believe in and, and help other people believe in it. And I'm just not built that way. Yeah. Um, you know, if I don't believe in it, I don't believe in it. And there's not much I can, there's nothing I can do to help somebody else believe in it. And that is not the hallmark of a good ad man. Yeah. So I, you know, from, from advertising, I kind of stuck with the whole, you know, strategy business, the business of strategic planning and, and marketing and market research, brand development and stuff like that. So, and, and have worked primarily since then and have worked primarily on my own brands or other people's brands that I have a position in. Um, and if I didn't believe in it, you know, uh, I just didn't take it on. I can't remember how many times I've said to people that reached out to me with a good idea, gee whiz, that's a good idea, but don't quit your day job. You know, <laughs> you know, you know stick, with, stick with Australia Post because that idea is just going to cost <laughs> you money and end in tears. So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I've, I've evolved, I guess, as an entrepreneur. I, I evolved out of that, that space of belief, you know. This is Ant's Talk. Talking about your other ventures, you're also um, involved with Dr. Mark's, is it Hygiene? Hygiene, that's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. Can you tell us about so, that? Yeah, I, well, I, you know, I... I I'll try and tell you a little bit about it. I, I you crap on for hours about this brand. I mean, I, I've, I've been, I've launched my first business when I was 14 years old. Um, my first company um, when I was 14 years old is an actual company registered in Delaware because that's where the tax advantage is in the United States. 14. I did that. And I've kind of been a serial entrepreneur ever since. And um, dare I say seven startups later, um, this is, this is the biggest thing I've ever done. Um, I had the very good fortune to meet a dentist called Mark Wotherspoon, Dr. Mark Wotherspoon, arguably one of the most successful rural dentists in this country, had a dental practice in, Best, uh, in Wagga Wagga called Best Street Dental, wow. big practice uh, in, in, in rural Wagga. And um, Mark rang me and said, look, I've got this idea for a denture cleaner. And in typical fashion, I said, hey, you know, don't quit your day job. <laughs> Mark, don't quit your day job. You know, you got a really good business down there. You're, you're probably making really good money and just stick with it, you know? And he said, no, no, no. I, you know, and I, I've got this idea and I think it's huge. And, and I think, you know, and I said, well, great. What do you need me for? He said, I'm a dentist, you know, and this is the brilliance of Mark Weatherspoon. I'm a dentist. What do I know about brand building? What do I know about strategy? What do I know about intellectual property? What do I know about e-commerce? I don't know anything about that stuff. I know how to fix teeth yeah and what i know is the world needs a better program for the home care of removable dental appliances so anything that goes in and out of the mouth full oh, dentures okay. partial dentures invisalign orthodontic retainers teeth whitening stents night guards mandibular advancement devices um, sports mouth guards, anything that goes in and out of the mouth. There has not been, in home care, there has not been any technological developments for about 50 years yeah. in home for this, the care of these appliances. And, and, and all of this, you know, kind of came out of six or eight months of, of, of scrutiny with Mark. 
um, which is how you move a good idea from good idea to concept mm. slowly, slowly and diligently. Um, and after doing you know a couple months worth of research into this so-called idea of Marx, I thought well, this guy really is onto something. But what really hooked me into the business, notwithstanding the fact that the 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 protocols for the care of these appliances are inadequate and irregularly used. What really hooked me is was the the, the number of people that use removable dental appliances. Uh, in, in Australia alone, there are wow. about 6.2, 6.3 million users of removable dental appliances. Yeah. Uh, 2.2, 2.3 2, 2. million denture wearers in Australia. Yeah. Uh, in the US and Australia alone, which were the two markets that I looked at, there's about 90 million users wow. of removable dental appliances. So there's this massive population of people who don't really have anything that is purpose designed purpose built for optimum home care of their dental appliances so i um i thought gee whiz this is more than a good idea this mm -hmm. is the real this is the real thing and uh that was five years ago so fast forward five years 14 prototypes um this has some number of trips around the globe um and with the the support of both the new south wales and the commonwealth governments who have supported this uh, this this the, the brand development and the development of this this brand very powerfully and we are incredibly grateful to to both governments and to our small group of private investors uh, we got the business off the ground in, in november uh, of this year in mid-november wow. uh, we just launched in switzerland uh, and we are advancing conversations in japan new zealand israel germany and the united states that's amazing Absolutely. Having, and, and having just launched in on the 13th of november so um it's a it's a huge opportunity and it's an opportunity that um and this is not marketing spin either it's an opportunity that it, it it's a brand that could change people's lives definitely i'll go as far as to say that it's a brand that could save people's lives because poor oral health leads to poor oral hygiene poor oral hygiene leads to could lead to oral disease oral disease is inextricably linked to serious maladies of health like diabetes cardiovascular disease stroke cancer inextricably linked yeah. to it uh, so if we can if our brand can especially in older australians denture wearing older australians in aged care facilities if our brand can improve the hygiene of their dentures or their oral appliances or sports mouth guards in youth athletes whatever the case might be it has the potential to reduce oral disease mm. if it has the potential to reduce oral disease it has the potential to reduce those incidences of of those more serious maladies that are linked to oral disease so 
you know, it, it has the potential to change lives. That's amazing because I actually, I mean, I remember my mum and dad would have the glass of water next to the bed with their teeth in it. Exactly. And, and exactly. I'd think, and even back when I was a child, I'd look at it and just be like, ooh, like ooh. it's literally your mouth goo is just brewing yep. in that glass. That's right. Oh, you I, know, I, you couldn't have said it better myself, brewing. What a perfect, can I use that? Yeah, of course you can. It's not thank copyrighted. You, you. <laughs> That's right. But it literally well, you're is you're absolutely brewing. right. Yeah, that's that's what's happening. You know, you you, and that is that is, by the way, Anthony. Um, you know, I mentioned technological development. Um, um, you know, there's all sorts of developments in removable dental appliances. Mm -hmm. You know, the advances in in materials and 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 efficacy of of dental appliances. It just you know, it just keeps advancing and keeps yeah. getting better, like all technologies. And what's not gone along with it is how you take care of them. No, so it's you so have, true. The you know the, the, our competition, and we learned this in our um, uh, consumer and clinical product trials. Our main competition is the toothbrush, toothbrush wow. and water, toothbrush and water. That's what primarily people use to clean their. And behind toothbrush and water is toothpaste. Yeah. Well, toothpaste is got some antibacterial properties. But it's not designed for acrylics and plastics and no. polymers. It's designed for dentum. It's done for teeth. So you brush your denture with a toothbrush and toothpaste, and the toothpaste puts divots, little scratches and divots into that denture. It just creates more home for bacteria, plaque, uh, no. calculus to build up. So the last technological in in development in the home care of dental appliances that I'm really aware of is in the late 60s when, you know, uh, the fizzy tablet. The yeah, tablet I was actually just going to mention that, yeah. That's, you know, that was 69, 1969. I think it was um, either Effredent or Polydent or one They're of them. They're as old as I am. Yeah, 1969. <laughs> that's when they came out. And then you've got that and you've got the oversized toothbrush. That's about mm. it, really. Because it's funny. I, what happens I, in clinic. Yeah, because I actually, um, I was given a, because I uh, grind my teeth at night and I was actually given a, a little plate to put in to sort of protect yeah. my teeth. A bruxing splint. Yeah, and to be honest, I hated it because that was, yeah. I, I've, I'm very anal about my, well, not anal, that's probably the word that I shouldn't <laughs> use, but I'm very anal about oral hygiene. I'm always brushing, I'm always flossing, and then I had to put this filthy thing into my mouth and again as you just said there is nothing to clean it with except toothpaste and a brush yeah. and that's how i yeah. used to clean it and even that yeah. it just wasn't enough for me well it's interesting that you'd say that because again you know you, your your experience of it is not unique you you mm. you've been given this thing by a dental professional that dental professional cared about you yeah. gave you this thing and that dental professional then said okay anthony over to you you yeah, know, yeah. how do I clean it? Oh, clean it with a bit of water, clean it with a bit of toothpaste. You know, toothpaste. So the thing gets manky and it doesn't take very long for it to get manky. And you think, Jesus, this thing is so manky. I'm just going to not use it anymore. Yeah. So within a period of a few months or maybe six months or so, you stop using this purpose designed prosthetic, which you paid for. To help you stop grinding because it's just not clean, fresh, and doesn't feel good in your wow. mouth. Our brand solves that problem. Yeah. If you use it, you can buy it and not use it. But if, but 
we've designed something that's easier to use, faster to use, more fun to use, self-contained system. So we're hoping that people like you will look at it and say, okay, well, this actually does work. My night guard is clean. It's minty fresh. And you'll keep using your night guard so that over the course of years, you don't grind hell out of your teeth and end up with an answer. Yeah. I would have, I would have loved something like that. Can you actually, just a question. Can you actually put, you know, how you've got the removable heads for the toothbrushes these days. Can you put them in it? You can. Yeah. And, and, and also, so our little device is, is opposing brushes. It's got two opposing brushes and those brushes can be replaced as well. So just like your toothbrush, which you are meant to replace every six months or so, depending on daily use, think, you know, one would hope once or twice daily use. The same with our device, you know, every six months or so with the brushes should be replaced with new brushes. So right. um, another, another one of our most frequently asked, frequently asked questions is, can I put the hygiene into a dishwasher? Uh, of course you can, you know, <laughs> sure. go for it. Where it's dishwasher friendly. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so that's what I'm currently doing. Yeah. That and, sounds and, great. Uh, and, and again, after you know forty some odd years in business for myself, I really do think this is this is the the most exciting. Well, it's certainly the only global global, yeah. global brand that I've ever worked on. And, Definitely, um, I mean, I can see I, I can see that going global because there really is nothing like that. No, there isn't. And and that was you know when I first started talking to Mark Weatherspoon five years ago, October two thousand fourteen. The first thing I thought was gee whiz mark you know you're trying to tell me you've invented the toothbrush how many of these things are out there there's got to be hundreds thousands Uh, nope there's nothing like it so you know we're we have as much intellectual property protection on the on the product and brand and trademarks and all that as we can Uh, and uh we're you know we're just so excited to have the potential to bring an australian invention around the world yeah especially from wagga wagga (laughs) from wagga wagga yeah from from wagga wagga to the world (laughs) i love it (laughs) you know and and to that point and to that point anthony most of our investors most of our private investors the majority of our private investors in wagga as well so i you know almost in essence the riverina this is a riverina business it's a riverina Mm. brand so, so we could um, some, we could see uh, start seeing some luxury houses being built in Wagga Wagga very soon. <laughs> oh man, you know you know as well as I do. There's plenty of luxury houses down there already. There are. So um, yeah, but we're well. We are very excited about it being you know for all intents and purposes a regional New South Wales invention That's that has the potential to be global. And uh, I am you know grateful to Mark for introducing me to it, and grateful again to both New South Wales and Commonwealth of Governments and our investors for helping us make this dream a reality. That's brilliant. I love that. Steve, just before we go, I've got a question for you. What is more important to you, money or memories? Well, I sure have a hell of a lot more memories than I've got money. (laughs) So I'm going to answer that and say memories. Um, Especially relating back to what we were talking about before we started with your grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got an, I look, Anthony, I've had an extraordinary life. I'm 62 years old now. Um, uh, I've been a competitive athlete my whole life. Um, I've had 
I, I've worked in pretty much all points around the globe. I've worked with some extraordinary people. Um, I, I'm in, in, incredibly happily married. I've got three beautiful daughters, three beautiful grandkids, you know, and I pay the rent, you know, and I get the rent paid. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, what's more important memories, life is good. And it's all about those memories. It you is know, indeed. absolutely. So indeed. indeed. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners are going to love it too. And oh, by I the way, so. before we go, um, how can people actually find the product? And about they you find also. us on, yeah, well, you can you find, find about me, <laughs> steve.com. Um, well, you'll find little bits and pieces about me on our website. So um, uh, your listeners can have a good look at Dr. Mark's Hygiene on www.drmarkshy. G-E-N-I-E dot com. Dr. Mark's Hygiene dot com. I even or you could just name. Google, you know, how do I clean my dentures? Yeah. yeah. How do I clean my dentures? How do I clean? And at some point, you know, uh, on that first page, Dr. Mark's Hygiene will come up. So. It's a great, and it's actually a great name, Hygiene. You're not going to forget that. <laughs> yeah. No, indeed, indeed. Thank you. Fantastic. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Steve. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And thank you for the opportunity to share my story. And uh, I hope lots of people come and have a look at Hygiene. They'll be worth it. Fantastic. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. Yep, bye for now. Bye. Ants Talk. It's like Oprah, but not.